RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Can I tell you, I love Rotorua. I have an association with Rotorua. I've had relatives there ever since I was a little boy. We used to go there for our holidays in the summer and out to the Blue Lake and out to um, all the attractions and all the land uh, features and lake features around Rotorua. And uh, my mother lived it near Okeri Falls for a few years, so I used to visit a lot. Why am I talking about Rotorua? Well, uh, I want to introduce Trevor Newbrook from Restore Rotorua, who also loves Rotorua, right, Trevor? You I love it. Do. I certainly do, Paul. It's a great yeah. place to live. Yeah, it's one of the most beautiful places around, and, and the features are just stunning everywhere you turn. Um, yeah. And Tarawera, I've been for a helicopter flight over there. It's, it's just incredible. Yeah. Anyway. It's, uh, but, it is a beautiful place, and we do have a lot to offer here. You know, the, the thermal activity, the lakes, hmm. um, the forest, mountain biking. Yeah, um, yeah, yes, the Redwood Forest, right? The Redwood, the Redwood's Park. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're very lucky to have such lovely um, facilities so handy. I must have run around the Blue Lake about oh, 40 times. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I used to swim in it as a kid. Anyway, yeah. not here to talk about my memories of Rotorua. Um, it is a beautiful place, and it's also one of the jewel in the crown. Jewels in the crown of our tourism industry has been for a long time. What? Well over a century. That'd be right. People were coming here in the late 1800s to see Rotorua, weren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you've been well geared to accommodating people, and that's what we're getting to. Restore Rotorua, the title of your organisation, the heading suggests it needs restoration. What's the problem? The, the issue we've had here is um, a large amount of emergency housing motels. So the government sort of used Rotorua as a dumping ground for homeless people. And I think what we have to think about is that is a motel a suitable place to be bringing up a family and big clusters of, of homeless people um, living there all together, uh, considering that, um, according to government reports, over half the people that are living in emergency housing um, have some sort of addiction or mental health issue. So um, not sure uh, that it's good for the people that are there, and it's certainly not good for the local people of Rotorua. I think I can be more emphatic than that, Trevor. Of course it's not. There's yeah. just no way it can be for families anyway. So we know about emergency housing in the city I'm in, not too far away. There are, you know, old office blocks that have been used for that. And it does attract problems, though I also have empathy for people who are in that situation. So I understand that. So when when did Rotorua start to become a place to put people um, in who are in this situation, homeless people or people who, who, who can't, wait long enough on a waiting list, they need housing now. When did that start to become apparent to folk in Rotorua? Um, I think, um, although it started, I understand, in 2016 with a small number of people um, on emergency housing grants and motels, um, it really became apparent to Rotorua in 2020, uh, not long after um, we went into the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, the government, the day before in March 2020, before lockdown, the government um, contracted two motels, which um, had about, I understand, about 100 people um, that were living rough and rotary in cars and parks and things. Uh, and then over over the next year, it's just absolutely snowballed to a, to a stage where we had um, 62 motels, I understand, and maybe um, a couple of thousand people uh, living on emergency housing 
special need grants uh, in the Rotorua motels. Where's my calculator? I'm already adding up the cost. Oh, the cost's huge. I just um, <laughs> uh, the cost to the to the country since 2017 for emergency housing is over 1.2 billion dollars. So um, you you can work it out. Uh, we have 1.5 percent of the population. Um, of New Zealand and Rotorua, and we have 9% of the um, emergency housing okay. people. Yeah. So um, uh, the figures don't stack up. I'm not sure why the government chose to dump people um, that needed emergency housing into Rotorua. Maybe the motels were available. I guess maybe it was easy for them. That would be the logical um, answer, that motel space is available, that you know w- was vacant at scale because of COVID. I'm working that out close to $100 million, by the way. Yeah, um, on that. So, and I bet some of the uh, operators have done pretty well out of this. Would you think? I, I would say some of the operators have done done really well, and um, I guess it becomes a concern um, not only with government departments um, sending people to Rotorua to, be, to live in motels, but some motels are actually advertising out of Rotorua uh, to contact them, and they'll organise. Um, uh, emergency housing special need grants for people. So, uh, oh, I see. Pre- pre- pretty, pretty underhanded sort of behaviour from people that are running um, some of these properties. And remembering some of these properties are actually being run really well and and have good operators, but uh, certainly yeah. that's not the majority. And you could surmise from that that maybe the government's paying above or full retail and maybe a little more if if there's a solicitation going on I, I'd, I'd say well above well above um, what these props would be receiving if they had uh, tourists staying in them yes okay so when did you get restore Rotorua together and what was the aim of 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 pulling that together and what going on the front foot I, I guess um, there was a lot of concern about, uh, especially Fenton Street, which is um, has a lot of motel and hotel accommodation, um, referred to as the Motel Mile or the Golden Mile of Rotorua. Um, recently, I've seen it referred to as the MSD Mile. So um, a lot of run-down motels not being well looked after or cared for, just dragging all this money in and, um, you know, shopping trolleys everywhere, derelict cars, mattresses lying out on the street, rubbish everywhere. Just, it, it's hard for me to, to tell you how bad it was. It's definitely improved in recent times. But, Paul, um, that, that's really what, what got us um, concerned. And then what built on that was um, the um, Rotorua District Council, they approved a resource consent for um, the Boulevard Motel to become um, a transitional housing motel for MSD. And um, that was done, uh, the resource consent was approved in less than 20 working days with absolutely no public consultation at all. So the district council just did it in secret and yeah. um, in their offices without even talking to the people who live next door to see what they, what they thought about it. Um, and then a, a few months later, uh, it became apparent that um, another motel had applied for a resource consent um, to operate as emergency housing, contracted emergency housing. Uh, this was only found out by the local people by accident. And um, a lady, Jenny P, started a petition, which quickly gained a couple of thousand signatures. And, it, and this is at the point when um, Restore Rotorua was formed. Um, this might... 
be too much of an obvious question, but isn't the is the mayor or the former mayor? Is she still the mayor, Steve Chadwick? No, we have a new we have a new mayor, Steve Chadwick. Um, was she mayor then, though? She was the mayor at this at that time because yeah. she has a very close association. She was a cabinet minister in the Labour government, if I remember rightly, or, or has held reasonably senior positions. Yes, she was a cabinet minister, minister of Conservation. Do you think there was a direct line to her? Oh, definitely. Um, she's had several meetings with um, um, Minister Megan Woods, and I don't know what other correspondence, but certainly um, from um, uh, information we've gathered under the Official Information Act, um, there were meetings with um, uh, Megan Woods and Tammy Coffey and uh, and he was a local MP here. as or well was he's not standing again I don't think he was he's a local MP as well right um, he he's a list MP yes, he he lost his yeah. seat the, yeah but um, from that area yes that's right he's based in Rotorua yep. so they do you think they sort of smoothed it all over to make it happen uh, um, yes I think so yeah yeah yep. I think the 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 council the mayor um, and um, the government departments, I think they were all working together. They had a task force working out of our um, district council building. Uh, so okay, right in the building. That's handy. Yep, very handy. Yeah. Don't have to go far to see Steve. No. <laughs> so I guess um, there's, there's no doubt that um, her association with the Labour Party um, was her focus, not the people of Rotorua. How does that make you feel then? Oh, it makes, makes me feel a little cross. I, um, if, if I want to relate a story to you, um, I was sure. out, I, I had a new puppy just um, when we were in lockdown. I was out walking um, my dog one day and I walked past one of these motels, which is at the end of my street that has emergency housing. Um, as I come past, I hear a lady call out. I, I turn around and she's taking photos of my puppy. And I said, what are you doing? She said, oh, my cousin's got a dog like this. I'm going to send her the photos. So I just turned around and carried on home. And as I walked into my driveway, I realised that there was two young kids, about 10-year-olds, uh, following me. And as soon as I saw where I was going in, they ran back. A few days later, um, I got up in the morning and my property's gated off, but the gates are not locked. Um, but both gates into the property um, had been opened and had something forced underneath them to keep them open. Now, if that wasn't someone coming to look for my new dog... Um, oh dear. How much a dog like this costs, but um, you know, okay. um, pr pretty bad. I, I emailed Steve Chadwick about it. Oh, you've got to remember, I know her personally. I right. emailed Steve Chadwick, and she didn't bother to reply. Even though you 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 know each other personally. Yes, that's right. Yep. That's pretty rough. Yep. Okay, so the the people that you would hope would always stick up and sort of die on the hill for Rotorua just weren't there. Absolutely. That's right. There was um, our, our Member of Parliament now, who the person who unseated Steve Chadwick, um, Todd McClay, he organised a public meeting, I think, in April 2021, and it was about 360 people turned up there. Neither the Mayor or the Council Chief Executive Officer bothered to come to the meeting. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. It's yeah. saying the quiet part out loud, isn't it? Yep, it is. Okay, so what have you what have you done to try and well restore Rotorua? What have you had to go through? What sort of information have you had to gather? Who have you tried to communicate with? Who's talked to you? Who hasn't? Take us through. Okay, so 
Oh, where do you start? Um, I think the, the, the big thing here is um, the resource consents. Um, when um, we realised that uh, when Restore Rotorua was formed, we employed a lawyer who, under the Official Information Act, asked the council if there was any resource consents that had been applied for, um, for emergency housing or contracted emergency housing motels. Um, the response to that um, request was there were two, but they couldn't name them um, because of the privacy factors. Um, our lawyer sent a message back uh, explaining the law, and they came back um, then saying, oh, actually, there's six um, resource consents have been applied for, and these are the names of the properties. Oh, so they relented on that? Yeah, I think once they... Um, Is that their tactic? They, they say no first, and then, you know, someone who's more determined will come back with a lawyer and say, hey, hang on, you can't do that, and then they'll give a little more. All the time, hoping you'll go away they, at, the, at the earliest they, point. They certainly didn't offer in information, and they certainly um, were less than cooperative. Can I just say, once we had a change of mayor in October last year, um, the new mayor, Tanya Tapsall, contacted me in my position as chair of Restore Rotorua um, uh, second day in office. So I think... Um, uh, it would be fair to say that there was a change in attitude um, and um, the senior staff at um, council, the ones that are involved, have, we've had meetings with them um, since we've had a new mayor. So, um, and how do they different. explain the lack of engagement? I, I, I think we know why, but have they you know, said, look, sorry, we couldn't talk to you at the time because X, Y, Z? No, no, they haven't, um, they haven't given any any reasons to me because I don't think they could, but I gave the reason to them and they smiled. <laughs> okay. Well, that tells you something, I suppose. Yeah. All yeah. right. So now now people are listening. Um, I was skim reading over before um, you joined us uh, quite, a, quite a long PDF, which I think is one of the OIA responses. There's a lot of information in there, but there's quite a few redactions as well. What do you think the redactions are? Um, uh, the, the, you're referring to the cabinet paper. Um, oh, it's the cabinet paper, yeah. Yeah, which is um, about Rotorua. I just can't remember what it's called, but it's about um, emergency housing in Rotorua and the possible um, increase in it. Uh, I think um, those redactions will, will all be to do with the amount of money that's being spent, which I imagine is very, very high. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want to possibly people to know how much the, this is costing. No, no. Okay. The, 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 the copy you saw um, is um, is available online. You can just go on online and, and look at that. Okay. Well, we might when we put the story up for replay, we might put a link with that. Yeah. So, so where are things now? What I mean, what are the police saying? They must have seen an uptick in activity you mentioned you know your experience with the puppy um, that's just one thing but yeah that's just one thing um we we applied um one of our members who was the former commander of police in rotorua um applied um under the official information act for um the police reports so they they have a map which has little dots which shows you um where all the activities going on all the incidents, and um, they gave us um, the map for 2018, which shows in the centre of town quite a bit of crime and a bit of crime around 
in and around the place. Around the um, edges, yep. Yep. And um, and then the one for 2021, which was the latest one they had at the time, and Fenton Street is just engulfed in dots, uh, oh. places um, where there's emergency housing. So near our aquatic centre, um, there's at the actual aquatic centre, there's a few incidents, which you'd expect in a public place like that. And near it's um, a large backpackers, which is full of emergency housing, and it's just um, just completely covered in in incidents. And the centre of town is just completely covered in in dots and incidents. So um, there can be no doubt that, that there's a lot more crime going on. Um, and I think um, for people just to say, oh, it's just perception, is, is that these maps just absolutely prove that they're completely wrong. I just wonder how the um, local police have coped with that because um, they wouldn't have been uh, able to ramp up quickly their numbers and and the capability to meet that. Would they, or have they been able to do that? No, I don't. I don't think they have. Um, I don't believe that they've been given any extra resourcing to deal with the extra crime that's that's going on. Um, and, and to just say it's nothing to do with emergency housing, um, I, I think it's just treating the police really bad, I think. Um, well, it's obvious. I mean, let's call it as it is. It's obvious that people in emergency housing situations have got um, tough living circumstances, and that can include crime or or doing illegal things. I mean, common and, sense and, tells yeah, you that. It's abso absolutely right, yeah. Got to remember... I, I want to stick up for the good people because we do have some really genuine yeah, yeah. and good people that are in emergency housing. But um, uh, unfortunately, um, the government's own statistics tell us half the people have got serious issues. So, yeah, we're not coming down on homeless people or no. people in need. I, I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. In fact, I feel very sorry for them, and I try and help when I can if if it's yeah. presented to me. So I, we're, I, not, I just, we're not I, going. I, yeah, there. I just think that. Um, the solution is not putting all those people together in a, in a small area and, um, you know, you get that huge cumulative effect. Um, yeah. You do that, yeah, which isn't good. Um, there was a report to council, um, I think it was maybe uh, May last year, and it, um, so, um, it was done by the uh, Wellbeing Deputy Chief Executive. Um, Sorry, the Wellbeing Deputy? Is uh, that an actual job designation? Rotary Relates Council Community Wellbeing Deputy Chief Executive, Anaru Pifferingi. Oh, great. An operations and monitoring committee meeting. So, um, really okay, nice, fair enough. Really, yep. really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's trying to sort things out, and, and he certainly has um, some issues with. Um, the way the police numbers uh, haven't increased in line with um, the way that crimes increased here, yeah. So, so, so what? What? So, we're talking um, substantially about uh, Ministry of Social Development. Is this their thing? Is it? Do they operate the um, system? I, Who, who's the core operator of um, the policy? Um, MSD and the Ministry of Housing and Urban Development. Right. Okay. So, and, that, and that, in Triangle yeah. War, the three of them—they're they're all in. Yeah, so what they've done is they've given no thought to the really glaringly obvious downside of doing what they've done, which tells you they're quite happy to throw Rotorua people under a kind of under a bus. Yeah. Is that, that how you feel? Right. 
absolutely. That's just how the people in Rotorua felt, and that's why um, we were established. Um, the, the, the purpose of Restore Rotorua um, Incorporated was to restore Rotorua as a premier tourist destination in Rotorua, and the second objective is to make Rotorua um, a good place to live and work. So um, they were our two main aims. Um, after we were formed, as, as I was saying earlier, we had these resource consent applications. Um, so there was six that uh, grew before we had a hearing to 13. Um, we, uh, want to have, we wanted to have them publicly notified, uh, but that's a decision that the council makes. Um, whether they, uh, like they did with the Boulevard Motel and just pushed it through in secret. Well, you'd, you'd um, expect it to be notified because everyone's got skin in the game here, haven't they? That's right. You would expect it to be notified. Um, failing that, you would expect the immediate neighbours to be notified. Um, oh, true. But anyhow, yeah. we, we, we continued to push to have it notified and um, um, the council appointed independent um, commissioners to hear three independent commissioners to hear the resource consent applications. So um, when, the, when the applications were first made, they were uh, for the 13 motels for an inde indefinite period. So there was no time limit on it. Um, after we got involved and, and, and wanted to have it um, publicly notified, then the application was changed and, and it was for a five year period. So Still quite a stretch. Still quite a stretch, yeah, far too long, um, 13 motels for five years. Um, and then the Ministry of Housing and Urban Development, um, they asked the council to publicly notify it. So by this stage, um, about 40 of us had written submissions to the commissioners um, or to the council, which obviously read by the commissioners, um, saying about our experiences and why we wanted to have it publicly notified. And I think you would have to say that the commissioners would have ordered it to be publicly notified. So um, had did what they needed to do, which was do it themselves because be more mud on the face, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like you, you every time you push, they incrementally sort of pull back, but just a little, just enough, right? Not just, all the just, way. Yeah, yeah. Give, 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 give a little. Hope that they get somewhere. Yeah. Um, so... Um, just while we're talking about those resource consents, so they were heard by the commissioners. Um, You've got, you got to remember this started at the end of 2021. In October 2022, we had managed to get the hearing, so it was delayed all that all that way through um, by had the applicants, for various reasons, uh, including COVID, of course, which is a, it's a great thing, great excuse to hold things up. Oh, yeah, that came. That, that was a real bonus. Yeah, and then at the end of um, – in December – um, last year, the commissioners approved the 13 applications with a lot of conditions um, for two years. So um, it'll be interesting to see right. um, in another year what plan that they're going to come up with to have to, have to have a plan of how they're going to empty these motels. Well, that was going to be my next you know, point that I was, was going to ask you about is how do you undo this? Because I imagine that once people even though it's temporary, have become settled in a place for a period of time, they probably, well, first of all, somewhere else has got to be found for them, somewhere. That's right. What, another place with a lot of motels? Um, um, where, where, where can you take them? Well, you've got to build I, I, new I, stuff. I don't know. I've asked and I asked at, at, at the hearing what the plan is to um, move these people on, but um, I read in the paper in the last few days that um, 
there's quite a lot of people um, that have been in emergency housing accommodation for over two years. I know yeah. that um, at the time of our hearing last year, there was quite a few people here that have been in that for over a year. Um, and if, if tourism as the core business needs uh, is to bounce back, you need that accommodation, don't you? If it's back to accommodation. Yeah. Um, I think um, to, to elaborate on what tourism is to Rotorua, it, it's not just tourists coming here on holiday and, and people visiting. You know, we have big conventions here. We have large conferences. Yeah. Um, we have large sporting events, you know, that attract um, several thousand contestants. So we have a lot of stuff that's, part of the tourist mix. It's not just um, mum and dad and a couple of kids coming on holiday or, you know, a few friends having a weekend away. Uh, so for yeah. those big events, you need to have large amounts of accommodation. If you don't have accommodation, um, you're, you'll lose those events. And, and your motel mile needs to look the part. Good. It does. That's right. And people need to feel safe. Yeah. Do you think the brand has taken a hit or if this is sort of sorted out in a reasonable amount of time from now, a short time, you, you might have just, you know, skirted that one because I, the, that, the brand could take a hit and that would be a lot harder to repair, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I don't, I believe that the brand's taken a small hit um, in the domestic market, but I don't think um, we've taken a huge hit with it yet. And I don't think we've had a, an overseas hit. I, I think um, something needs to be done now, though. Yeah, the last thing you want is, is a travel writer with lots of followers dropping into the town and seeing this and... And, and having a really bad experience, yeah. yeah and talking about it and, and flagging yeah. it to others. Maori, yeah. yeah. um, of course, a uh, high proportion of the local population is Maori. And I see from that cabinet paper that um, they say that uh, Mario is significantly more likely than the general population to experience homelessness and make up 58% of all households accessing emergency housing. Um, what's happening um, at the local Mari iwi level in Rotorua? Are they making facilities available? Are they, uh, you know, part of, of making this work? Are they looking after what, just their own people or, or the other people coming into town? How's it working? Um, I, I don't have an, a great in-depth knowledge um, of where the iwi are at, but I understand um, from from one of our members who's part of the iwi um, that um, that they've had a couple of meetings um, the end of last year, so they've obviously had more since, but um, mm -hmm. that the iwi are looking at ways that they can resolve the issue for the local iwi um, and how they can get their people in, into housing. You know, they have land, they have lots of land, so they need um, help, I think, um, uh, from the government for infrastructure and how they're going to finance um, people or uh, the building of, of houses for... Ten City. For their people, yeah. You could do that on the land. What's the proportion then of out-of-towners? You might have mentioned this already. I, I didn't pick up on it. How, how the the population of the emergency housing, uh, they're being so, accommodated emergency housing, how many from out-of-town percentage-wise? Um, at least 30%. Um, so 30% is the official number we were given by the government. Uh, 
initially it was completely denied that there were any out-of-town people, that anyone was coming to Rotorua or being sent to Rotorua or paid to have a bus to come to Rotorua uh, for emergency housing. Um, it was absolutely definitely denied by the government. They said it was all local people. In fact, the, the Prime Minister of the day, Jacinda Ardern, um, went on television and said that um, it's just a perception of the local people. They're all from Rotorua. Um, and then not long after that, um, MSD released a paper which uh, said that 30% of the people from out of town. Uh, to qualify the 30%, though, um, if you've been in Rotorua for 30 days, you're then a local. If you've got oh, okay, that's Rot- handy. <laughs> if you've got Iwi in, in Rotorua, you're a local. Right. And, um, if um, you used to live here, you're, you're regarded as a local. So you might have lived here for a year. Um, 25 years ago, you'd be... Re- so, um, so you can fudge the figures with that. You, you, you can, <laughs> yeah. So let, let's assume then under um, them doing that, 30% is the lowest they could make it. That's right. So it could be more around 50 or, or, um, the, 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 or more. A lot of people would estimate that it's over 50% um, of the people that came were not local people. Yeah, They've been treating you like mushrooms. <laughs> you know how they treat mushrooms, right? Yeah. In the dark and fed, you know what? Yeah, that's right. Okay. okay, so are you, though, optimistic through the activities of Restore Rotorua? You've obviously put the pressure on, and that quick phone call from the mayor tells you something, the new mayor, right? Yeah. Tapsall, that, that's a local family, right? That's right, yes. Her, um, I think it was her great uncle was um, a minister. Yeah. Um, Peter Tapsall. Of the house under, yeah. Yeah, Peter, yeah minister under, and speaker of the house. I actually met him ages ago. He's quite a yeah. nice guy. I mean, I don't know him. I just shook his hand. But yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he was uh, he was a classic back in the day. So you're starting to see some movement now. People are starting to listen. Um, have you any idea where the government is at? Because the pro- there's probably tension, isn't there, between a local council, local um, government and the central government over this, I would imagine. I, I think the central government's under a lot of pressure. Um, I don't think they want any more bad publicity about Rotorua um, and have to deal with it. So um, I think that's why they... So a couple of weeks after Tanya Tavison became mayor, she signed an accord with the government, a housing accord with the government and the local iwi, and... Um, it's working towards um, clearing the motels out. And, uh, but, you know, if you ask the ministers um, uh, what their deadlines are, what are their targets, they don't have any. Well, they don't know. How could they know? Well, I don't know. If, if I was a, a minister of the Crown, I would um, be setting targets for my staff and I would be expecting them to tell me um, how many houses they're going to build, where they're going to put people, what's going to happen, and um, the time frame for it. And I would expect them the staff to be doing what they were meant to be doing. Um, and if I was the minister, I would certainly want to come out publicly. I think we probably have a government that's, that's had targets for things and they've failed pretty badly. And I think... Um, especially on housing. Had, well, especially yeah. on housing, but um, how's that light rail going in Auckland? And, you know, we could fill the, the carriages yeah. up with homeless people. Yeah, yeah. Just cart them around town all day. <laughs> if, if we had any carriages, yeah. Could, uh, yeah, well, true. But if it ever happens, they could just pick people up at stops, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just, I think um, the local council, as I said earlier, they're, they're working with us now. I think they're working for the local people. Do, do you feel that it's genuine? 
their engagement with you? Um, are you satisfied that I mean, um, on the surface they might look like they're being they're working with you, being cooperative, and yeah, yeah, we we know know the problem, but are you yet to be fully convinced? I guess is what I'm asking you. Yes, I'm. I'm not fully convinced, but um, I'm. I'm well over halfway to being convinced that, that that they're trying to sort something out and do something about it. I think they're probably in a position where they have to. Okay, so it's been a bit of a few hard yards there to get to get on the radar, and you've been a fly in the ointment. You've got to do that now, don't you? You've, you've got uh, to be it's, annoying. It's sad, isn't it? Because the last thing I ever want to do is, um, I love Rotorua, the last thing I ever want to do is, is go on television or on the radio or in the newspaper um, talking about bad things that are happening here. Uh, it was the only way that we could get the government's attention and, and get them to actually start doing something. And the only way we could uncover um, the lies and the misinformation that they were putting out um, in the public. And, 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 and frankly, just ignoring the problem. You can't just ignore problems. You have to face up and say, well, um, something's wrong. Uh, how are we going to fix it? Yeah, um, they, they talk a good talk, right, out there in public? Yes. The officials, the politicians. Yeah, that's when right. It, that's but when it job. comes to it, it seems that the last thing that is important to them is actually the lives of the people. Um, certainly appears to be the case in, in Rotorua, yeah. No, not only, you know, the homeless, because they're in a tough situation being so temporary as well, but also the people who live there, who make their home there and are passionate about it and, and want to see it thrive. And you know, yes. it's, it's Especially pretty... the people that, that live in this area, which is quite close to the motels. You know, it's a, there's a large number. There's a good mix of, um, of people, you know, um, children, families, um, ethnicities, but I would say um, there's a lot of people um, that have, have moved here. Um, you know, a lot of the old houses have been demolished and two or three units built on the section, you know, where people have moved to retire. And um, now they're thinking, wait on, wait on, well, <laughs> what happened here? <laughs> well, why should an 80 year old lady feel as though she can't leave her um, branch slider open anymore? She has to lock her door, you know. Um, and you've got to guard the puppy. Yeah, that's well. That's right, but you know, um, it's it's been pretty. Um, well, it's stressful, isn't it? It puts stress yeah, it is on, on the everyday lives of everyday people. It's not fair, yeah. actually. No, it's not fair, and um, you know, I just think the cost. You know, um, there's two two cost things I'd like to talk about. One one is to sure. the local people. You know, I've had to put in higher fences and security gates and security cameras and more security lights and all that sort of thing. Um, so people have had that. The, the other cost we have is um, the added cost to our rates because um, it was in the paper last week that the council's now spending $5,000 a month to go and collect um, shopping trolleys from around the place. 5K well, a month for shopping trolley collection? Yep. Um, um, last year they um, told us that they were going to put in um, more um, CCTV cameras Especially, oh, but they like that because they like following everybody anyway. No, no CCTV cameras, especially in the CBD and on Fenton Street, around where the emergency housing motels are. So right. I agree with you; they do like following people. But putting that aside, you know, these are costs. Um, we now have, I think, the council employs about ten security guards that wander around um, um, up and down Fenton Street and around about town. Um, so you know, there's all these added costs. We have a um, we have a um, 
program manager for emergency housing. So this was a job that was advertised last year. Um, you know, so that'll be ninety or hundred k right there. Yeah, well, I understand that it's probably having assistance as, as well. So yeah. oh, well, then add another yeah. seventy. Yeah, that's right. Plus, plus all the other costs that are involved in, in employing somebody. So um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of costs that have been dumped onto Rotorua. Um, you know, our hospitals full. Our um, our police are overworked. You know, these are all good people that shouldn't be like that. Our GPs, they are, I don't know, their health services. How can they cope? Because you bring a whole lot of people into a town that have all these serious um, um, mental health issues, or are alcoholics, or a drug. Um, yeah, how can addiction. you cope with that? Yeah, you're um, only you're only um, only wired up to deal with what you've historically had to deal with. That's right. We don't we we don't have the facilities or the staff. I don't think New Zealand has the facilities or the staff to deal with um, huge clusters of people that um, have these issues. Yeah. Okay. So in your mind, just to wrap up, how long? When do you want to see some action? When do you want to see people starting to move out of the town? Like obvious, they're going. Um, so, not being heartless towards them, but that in the end is no, what it has not, to happen. Not being heartless, the the the, the government started um, putting up a um, a dashboard about the number of people. So there's been quite a large reduction in the number of people um, in emergency housing over the last few months. Um, some of those people have gone into because there's been some um, Kaingawara housing built here. Some of them have gone to that. Right. Some of them, I understand, have have been. Um, housed uh, back where they came from or where they actually want to be. Um, so um, I think that... Why wouldn't you want to be in Rotorua? Well... Forever. If, if I want to from, stay here. If you're not from Rotorua, you might want to be somewhere yeah, else. True, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so there's, there's been quite a reduction in the number of... Um, okay, so you're starting to see it now, if you can believe well, that. We were starting to see it, but um, the, the latest figures that are out are for February... And that shows um, that the numbers in both contracted emergency housing motels and the special need grant emergency housing motels both have gone up. So okay. um, let's hope that's a, a, a little blitch in, uh, in, in the thing and not... Um, oh, well, you've got a, a dashboard now. You've got a dashboard. So be, yeah. be, be happy, be thankful that they gave you a dashboard. Yeah, that's right. It all helps. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so... How long before you want to wind up what you're doing? I suppose you'd, you'd want to wind it up as quickly as possible. You've probably got other things to do. I do have other things to do. Um, I'd, um, I'd, I'd be keen to wind it up um, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, we'll, we'll plot on, uh, I, I would say, at the end of the, the two years, which is uh, December 2024, um, when these resource consents end, that um, that should be when emergency right. housing in Rotorua ends. But I don't think we ex should expect it to happen then. Um, yep. the, the, the question I have now is um, how many of these contracted emergency housing motels are actually full? Because when I drive past some of them, they, don't, they appear to have very few people in there. So I think that the, the government needs to look at cancelling those contracts that are, are not needed. And so over the next... Um, 18 months, we work at actually reducing the numbers. So when we get to the final thing and the, the last one closes, um, it's only one or two properties, not um, not 13. Yeah. Okay. And what do the locals say when they see you on the street, Trevor? They say, hey, thanks for doing this work. Thanks they for do. They do. People yep. are, 
people might know my name. It's quite awkward sometimes if I don't know <laughs> these. Yeah, I think I should. But um, uh, it certainly hasn't been a one-man band. It might seem no, no, like that because sure there are others, a front yeah. person, but um, there's been a lot of people helping. There's been a lot of support. Um, uh, certainly um, the, 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 the local people, they want to see it ended. They want to see things improving. And the feedback I'm getting from people is that things are slightly better than what they were okay. um, at the end of last year. So um, At least that's something, I suppose. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good that things um, have improved a little bit. And um, maybe that's having the overseas tourists back too. It adds a bit of what we used yeah. to. We're used to having a lot of foreign people here, and it's, and it's great. It's, it's really good to have them back, and we want to keep them here. Well, I'm pleased to hear that it's easing up a bit. I w- was there. Um, during the holidays, um, summer just gone for a bit of time. And I got to say, Fenton Street did feel quite desolate. I, I didn't notice. I mean, there weren't many people around that I could see. I, I do remember seeing a, sh- a few shopping trolleys now that you mention it. Yeah. But I just, but I just had a feel about it. Yeah. You know, there was just some sort of feel about it that I hadn't felt before in Rotorua, I got to say. I yeah. don't know yeah. where they came from, but that, that was, that, that's my feedback to you. Anyway. Okay. Hey, well, thanks about for shopping trolleys on Fender Street. When we um, had our resource consent hearing here with the independent commissioners, it was really funny because the week before, all the shopping trolleys and all the mess and everything was cleaned up on Fender Street. Oh, absolutely okay. spick and span. Yeah. Like a royal visit was about <laughs> yeah. to happen or something. Well, it was mentioned by a number of the submitters. It was quite funny. The commissioners, um, who, who were, seemed like very, very nice people, um, they became a little bit of a joke for them, I think, in the end. Yeah. 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 Cleaning things up. Yeah. All right, Trevor Newbrook, Restore Rotorua. Thanks for coming on and explaining all that. And um, we'll, we'll follow it along and see um, what uh, happens with, you know, what you've been through and, and the outcome of it. And good on you for pushing, for pushing back. Good on you. Maybe more people should think about doing that. Uh, I'm sure they do, but you've, you've really pushed hard. And it seems that it, it's finally making a difference maybe. Yeah, thank you, Paul. I think we have pushed back hard. I think the people of Rotorua have just simply had enough, just had a guts full, and um, things are, are definitely on the improve, and I think we'll just stand up and make sure that, that it just carries on. Yeah. I'm looking forward to my next run around the Blue Lake. Hey, enjoy it. All right, and uh, <laughs> yeah. thanks for making some time. All the best. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Cheers. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.